Satan isn't very creative. Mm-hmm. Toxic people often look alike and they act alike. And if you start to smell it, mm-hmm. you just kind of figure out, oh, yeah, I, I, I've seen this. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. And around here, we know that life is hard and we got to do everything we can to just make it a little bit more lovely. So it's my mission to bring you great conversations, practical tools and information, and a healthy dose of community to help make those things happen. If you want to find out more, you can go to our website at cultivatingthelovely.com, visit our amazing membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, or by connecting with me on Instagram, which is one of my favorite places to interact with all of you. You can find me at Mackenzie Kappa. Thanks so much for joining me today. Okay, you guys, this is an interview that I have been waiting and looking forward to for a really long time. It's an interview that hits so close to home and the things that are talked about throughout it were just personally ministering to my own soul and I hope that a lot of you will be touched by it as well. It is with Gary Thomas and you might remember him from books like Sacred Marriage and other relationship and marriage books but this one is called When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People and it's not just about marriages, it's about friendships, children even, it's about work and church and any place that we can be confronted with people who are toxic and have a toxic place in our life. It's a really powerful book filled with so much wisdom and I have had so many of you reach out to me over the past two years with questions with what do I do? How do I support someone who is dealing with a toxic person? How do I know if I'm dealing with a toxic person? And this isn't just normal difficulty in relationship kinds of stuff. And this book, you guys, it's a biblical resource, a biblical perspective on how to figure that out, what to do about it, how to keep yourself safe, what constitutes the ability for you to be able to walk away in a godly way. And I think you guys are really going to like this episode because even if you aren't dealing with a toxic person in your life right now, chances are you will at some point or someone else in your life is or has and may need the kind of support that you having more information about this could offer them. So I really encourage you guys to listen to this episode, to talk about it with people you know, to get into the conversation with us. You can get into it on Facebook. We have a Facebook group that's just a general Facebook group, as well as the Patreon group where we will be diving into this a little bit more intimately. Those ladies know more about my particular situation and I've been able to have more candid conversations about this topic. So if you want that sort of thing, then be sure to join us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely, where of course we have a lot of other just more fun things going on than this specific topic of dealing with toxic people. But if you do want to have a little bit safer, smaller space, then that could be a really good community for you to enter into and be able to ask your questions and just have a lot of loving Christian ladies around to be able to discuss things with and get more perspective on things from. So you can join us over there at patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely, or like I said, just search cultivating the lovely on Facebook. Of course, you can also find me on Instagram if you have specific questions for me at Mackenzie Kappa. I love talking with you guys over there. It's one of the most direct ways that you can get a hold of me and be able to get a response and talk about things. So I would love to be able to interact with you on Instagram again at Mackenzie Kappa. But without further ado, I really want to dive into this episode with Gary because it's powerful. It's packed with a ton of information and I'm pretty confident it's going to make you want to go out and get either the book or the audiobook because they're both fantastic. All right, here is today's episode with Gary Thomas. Welcome, Gary. Well, thank you, Mackenzie. Thrilled to be here. I am so, like I kind of mentioned to you before, I'm excited but also like (laughs) trepidatious of this conversation as I'm sure people will understand as we get into it because you are just releasing a new book called When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People. So that one hits a little close to home. (laughs) So I've been really looking forward to having you on because 
while I don't talk about it a ton on the platform, I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. And I have people reach out to me all the time asking about this. So I am so looking forward to having somebody who has studied it and written a whole book on it come on the show today. So thank you for being here. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm sorry it hits so personally. Yeah. Uh, but it's the world we live in and I'm, yep. I'm sure God can use it to help you with many others that are in similar situations because it's like when you buy a new car and yeah. suddenly you notice there are a yes. billion out there that you never saw before. Yeah. I think it's one of those issues when you really come face to face with a toxic person and, and the damage they can do, you start to see it everywhere. It's yeah. just, it's kind of amazing how we can live with a little bit of I don't know if detachment or denial is the right word, yeah. but boy, when our eyes are open, it's painful. Yeah. And I think a lot of times when you're in it, at least I know this was the case for me, you don't even realize just how bad it is or yes. the, the scale right. that it is at until you, you're able to separate yourself from it and get a little bit of perspective and counseling and help to realize like, oh my goodness, this was so much bigger and more oppressive than I even realized in just the day to day of trying to live with it. And yeah. I get so many questions from women who are asking those questions of how do I know this is happening to me? How do I know abuse is happening or this is truly toxic and not just like marital problems? And, and I mean, there's, there's just an overall large issue, especially in the church that I think is happening, but I want to back up a minute and just start with how you realized this was a book that needed to be written. Mackenzie, I was as naive as they come for decades. I always thought that if I could have this great spiritual offense, by that I mean understanding God's word, applying it appropriately, listening to God's leading, being surrendered to the Holy Spirit, walking in obedience, all of those good things. Mm -hmm. That somehow, and, and I'd read biographies where this is true, you know, people would be changed and transformed and they mm -hmm. would agree. And, and, and if somebody had an issue with me, my first thought was, what did I do wrong? Did I not speak in love? Did I speak out of turn? Did I not listen first? Um, and I was facing a situation with a guy and we're both adults, both would call ourselves Christians. And I just felt like I was going crazy. I felt like there was lying. Mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't know, well, I don't want to make it worse, but should I just, I, I didn't know what to do. So a friend of mine, marriage and family therapist for over 35 years, really wise guy. He understands human nature and he understands scripture. And he saw mm -hmm. me hitting my head against the wall. And he said, Gary, my recommendation is that you not engage him at all. And I, I thought, what do you mean? I mean, to me, that would feel like a failure. Yeah. I said, I want you to go to the gospel of Luke, count how many times Jesus walked away from someone or let someone walk away from him without Jesus giving chase. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm, you know, I'm not clinically OCD, but I live in the neighborhood <laughs> right next door to it. Yeah. So when, when a counselor says count the gospel of Luke, I got to go to all four. Yeah. And I, I counted 41 citations and they're the appendix of the book. People doubt it. I mean, the appendix in the book of where Jesus had an interaction with someone, it wasn't always toxic, but mm -hmm. many times it was where Jesus would walk away or let them walk away. And for me, for decades, I would have thought of that as a failure. I blew it. I did something wrong. I wasn't able to save this. I wasn't able to convince it. Well, I don't believe Jesus can ever fail. So mm -hmm. I realized that for Jesus, who so stressed mission and building the kingdom, that walking away is a strategy. It's not our fault when someone mm -hmm. doesn't respond to the truth. But it is our responsibility to walk away or let them walk away when the destruction is undercutting two things, who God created us to be mm. and doing what God has called us to do. Wow. <laughs> That's, when you can simplify it down to that, it's so powerful because I have heard from other people and it's also been leveled at me that if you have faith in God, that he can do anything and he is all powerful, then you should stay with a toxic person because you have to believe that God can change them. Yeah. And that's so dangerous. Well, it provides a platform. Here's where my eyes were opened up, Mackenzie. And I, 
I got to admit, I was naive. And I've been writing about marriage when I was mm -hmm. still somewhat naive. And I have a high view of marriage. Mm -hmm. But as a pastor in the nation's fourth largest city, God finally opened up my eyes to, for a truly toxic person. We can get into what that means and how we know that and whatnot. But for the sake right now, let me just say for a truly toxic person, I realized they didn't want to keep the marriage together so that they could love and grow and serve mm -hmm. and enjoy life together. A healthy marriage is boring to a toxic person. Yeah. They live for division. They live to destroy people. They live to gaslight, to undercut. That's what gives them joy. That's what gives them meaning. So what they want to do, they, they can use religious language. Mm -hmm. They can use guilt. They will use others in the Christian community mm -hmm. who can be as naive uh, as, as we might be to preserve the platform for abuse. Yeah. And when I realized that is evil to allow someone to maintain a platform for abuse, marriage gives incredible opportunities to bring healing and encouragement and intimacy. There's nothing else like it. But the very thing that helps marriage be so rich and good and true is what can make it so dangerous mm -hmm. when it's unleashed, when, when it's invaded by a toxic person who says, I can get this person to marry me and then I can basically slowly destroy them and mm -hmm. you know I, I've talked to parents older parents whose kids were married to a toxic person mm -hmm. and when the marriage finally ends with the I, it's like the parent starts to breathe again and I've heard this many yeah. times Gary I have my daughter back yes that's what they tell me I have my daughter there's light in her face she's serving the Lord again I've seen her smile <laughs> and, and it's just it's and the thing is to to preserve this marriage to one toxic person uh, a woman frankly hurts everyone around her that cares about her because mm -hmm. they usually see what's going on even when she doesn't yeah and and they're actually hurting those who love them most yeah to to give this platform for a person who may be terrorizing her so have you been talking to my parents <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, but see here's the thing Satan isn't very creative. Mm -hmm. Toxic people often look alike and they act alike. And if you start to smell it, mm -hmm. you just kind of figure out, oh yeah, I've seen this. And, and, and so it's like when I'll talk to some women in situations, sometimes they'll say, are you a mystic? Yeah. And I, look, no, no, I just, I, I've seen this before. I know mm -hmm. what happens. And so I, it, it's not supernatural. It, a lot of it is just experience and yeah. and again i i feel bad at how naive i was i'm sure i still am in many areas but uh in this area i i, I think in somewhat because god's given me a platform with sacred mm -hmm. marriage and a lifelong love and cherish people know i'm i'm not going to be light on this on the other hand you know as, as christians it's like we go either or so often um it, it, on, on so many issues that on this one we yeah. can have a high view of marriage mm -hmm. but not preserve a platform for abuse and destruction and evil to flourish yes. um, that's the abuse of marriage and we don't blame the person who's running to safety we blame the person who's chasing them away because it would destroy them to remain yes and i love that you pointed that out in the book because i think it is one of the most difficult things about leaving a Christian marriage is the view of the church and the lack of support from the church for the person who is leaving. Because instantly the person who is leaving to try to get to safety is pointed, the, the finger is pointed at them and it said, they're the wrong one. They're the bad one because they're breaking the marriage. But nobody wants to, not nobody, but a lot of people don't want to take that step back and say, what caused the leaving? And that is a huge, huge problem, I think, in the church. It is. And we can go there, but I want to say something to encourage your listeners um, and, and you. If you and they want a healthy life and a God-honoring life, we have got to get over what others think of us. Yeah. Because the fact is, in a situation like yours or others, people will lie about you. Mm -hmm. People want to believe the worst sometimes. Uh, people will, will slander. And, and I have a whole chapter on the book of Nehemiah, and it ends with what has become one of my life verses. The last sentence in Nehemiah, when people have lied about him, they've questioned his motives. You want to build the wall so that you can become king. 
of Jews. Mm -hmm. He goes, no, that's not, but that's what, what they said. So Nehemiah accepted so many people that were lying about him. And he said, and this is the last sentence of Nehemiah. It's become one of my life verses. Remember me with favor, my God. Mm. And, and I would stress the my God. And mm -hmm. it helped me see, you know what? People may lie about us on Facebook or Twitter yeah. or behind our back at church. But in the end, God knows. Yeah. And, and ultimately, we're the only people responsible to worship God and serve God the way he's called us to. And, yeah. and so we, we can't be face to face with Jesus at the Bama seat, the last day of when we see Jesus face to face and say, well, Jesus, I, I would have done what you wanted me to do. But most people were saying that, you know, that was awful. Or that, and, and he's going to mm -hmm. say, you know what, you, you were told to follow me. And, and a, a, another vivid picture, I just preached on Stephen last weekend when he preached uh, to the Pharisees, and it says they were so angry, they were gnashing their teeth at him, and they were furious. And the reason Stephen had courage is he looked up and he saw Jesus. Yeah. And he said, "Okay, you know what? The crowd is scary. The church's judgment. I mean, that's exactly what it was with it, for for Stephen. It was his church. I mean, it was a Jewish church, but it was his church. But he looked at Jesus. He says, you know what? I'm I'm going to go with him, mm -hmm. not with them. Yeah." You guys know by now what a huge fan I am of Plan to Eat. And you guys, it's my favorite time of year for Plan to Eat because their big sale, their one sale a year is here. But first, let me tell you a little bit about them because I've been using them for five years and I absolutely love Plan to Eat. It's a meal planning website that allows you to put in the recipes that you already know and love and meet all of your family's dietary preferences and needs. And then you just drag and drop them onto your calendar. And it's a meal plan that fits around your schedule and your preferences. It's genius. They've thought of everything. It creates a shopping list already categorized into all of the stores that you normally buy the items at. It's so well done. It has an app for your phone. So you always have your shopping list with you. You always remember what you're planning to make for dinner. It has the ability to make menus. So once you've already created what you're going to have for the next week or the next month, you can make it into a menu and then use it again. So you save yourself the hassle of planning over and over and over again. They've thought of everything. It is the number one time saver and lifesaver that I use as a busy mom. And they have a full support team that is available to help you get started with an account and answer questions. They usually get back to you within 12 hours. It's a subscription service that offers monthly and yearly options for $4.95 a month and $39 a year. That's only 75 cents a week. But you guys, this is the part that gets super exciting, okay? Plan to Eat only has one big sale a year and it's finally coming. You can purchase a single yearly subscription at 50% off, but only during November 29th to December 2nd. But here's where it gets really good. If you're new to Plan to Eat, you can just visit plantoeat.com lovely and start your 60-day free trial, okay? This is going to get you to November 29th where you can buy your subscription for 50% off during their Black Friday sale. And to make it even better, your subscription will begin at the end of your trial, you guys. You cannot go wrong with this. It's brilliant. So again, go to plantoeat.com slash lovely, pick up your 60-day free trial, go ahead and buy during the Black Friday sale your 50% off yearly subscription, and then it'll start at the end of your 60 days. You guys, it's a lifesaver. You're gonna love it. Go check out plantoeat.com slash lovely. No, I couldn't agree more with what you're saying. And it's that's been an interesting thing to me because a lot of people have said what you're saying, like, don't care about what, um, you know, their, how their church is slandering you or, you know, those kinds of things. And for me, it's not even really been about that. It's say whatever you want to say about me. Okay, fine. I don't care. But it's where I'm trying to fight for the safety of my children, that it is frustrating for that to get in the way. But it's also that the church should be supporting the victim yes. and helping us in yes. just, I mean, basic safety and needs as we are trying to leave abusive situations. And when yeah. that, that judgment of you walked away, so we won't help. I think that is really the, the hardest part and where it, it falls flat. Yes. I 
was doing an interview this morning, the day that we're recording this mm -hmm. at a radio station in Florida. And it was broken up by news accounts because it was live. And there was literally a news report of a wife who was murdered by her ex mm -hmm. and the ex's dad. And I almost wonder, you know, it's just in that, that we have to realize that when a toxic person wants to destroy, and there's ways besides stopping somebody's heart from beating, if he's mm -hmm. destroying self-esteem, all sense of purpose, all joy, all peace, sanity through gaslighting. Yeah. yeah. That is an evil thing to do. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And we put up these institutions that God created, but everywhere God creates an institution, he, he, he has a warning. I mean, the Sabbath was considered so holy in the Old Testament to break it would result in the death penalty. Mm -hmm. And yet when it was being used to hurt people, Jesus said, hey, the Sabbath was created for man, not man for the Sabbath. Yeah. Um, the Bible clearly says obey the government. And then there are examples of people disobeying the government. Mm -hmm. The Bible says children honor your parents in Colossians 3. And then Paul immediately says, but you know what? Fathers don't exasperate your children. So yeah. wherever there's authority, Paul, the New Testament, Jesus, they're sensitive to how evil infiltrates even the good things that God created. And God created marriage. It's his idea. The ideal is that we will be married for life. And I'm married to a wonderful woman, have been for 35 years. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. But I, I think some church leaders need to think about how horrendous it is that just try to put yourself in in the feet the shoes of a woman when she's with a counselor who finally is objective and says you're married to a toxic man mm -hmm. the chills the what does this mean the fear of oh man my kids and my future and I, I think we just need more empathy and, mm -hmm. and we're, we're focused on, on one thing yeah. um, as opposed to the bigger thing at time. And, and there should be empathy for that situation, not, not judgment. And yet that's, you know, what you've experienced and others often have. And, yeah. and look, I, I faced it. I wrote a blog post. It was probably three years ago now where um, I said enough is enough, how the church needs to confront abuse in marriage and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I use the example of a woman I'd met at a conference in Canada. Her um, young husband had left her and her baby, I, I mean Ugh. baby, on the side of a busy road twice. Wow. He had a vicious temper and he would just say, get out. And, and we're talking a highway. Yeah. And so she's standing out there with their baby. and. And there were other things, his anger and whatnot. And, and she just said, I didn't know what's supposed to do. And I'm telling you, you need to learn how to live without him. I mean, it's just, if he's endangering you like that, yeah. and there were other things I don't have time to get into. Well, boy, mm -hmm. I heard it, Mackenzie, I heard it from somebody contacted me and said, she's using that article as an excuse to divorce him. And this is on your head and this is on your shoulders and it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, because that's the church's natural response. What amazed me was the, the man's friends and family members, the lack of empathy they had. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he might've got upset and left her on the busy highway, but I'm like, mm -hmm. but, you know, let, let's go back. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear, but <laughs> yeah. he endangered her life and the life of her baby. How can she ever get in a car with this happened more than once. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like, I just want you to think about what you're, saying here but you know yeah it's oh it's just it's there's a lot of this that hits hits close to home like i said but i and i think it's important i want to make sure i'm clear because i've had people reach out to me and say well how how do i know or or should i leave my husband and i'm like whoa 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 i'm i'm never going to tell somebody to to leave you know like i'm not a proponent for divorce i think very highly of marriage but I do think that we need to be able to understand the warning signs and that sort of thing because, because this is prevalent and it is happening. And I know you address that in your book. You talk about, I think specifically you have like three chapters on yes. things to look for in toxic people. So I was wondering if we could just kind of do a flyover of what those things are, define them a little bit more closely 
so that these women who are having questions can maybe be able to identify if any of those ring true. Yes. Let me give a general sense and then I'll go into those three things real quickly. Okay. I, I want to go back to what I said before that toxicity is when somebody wants you to not be who God created you to be mm -hmm. or stop doing what God created you to do. Our mission before Christ is sacred. And when somebody's attacking our mission, it's Jesus himself who said, if you have left mother, father, and he says wife, you could put spouse in there for my kingdom, you'll be rewarded. Jesus specifically opens up the door that mm -hmm. when somebody is forbidding you to do what God has created you to do, that while we usually think Jesus bringing marriages together, and I believe that if two yeah. people, if two people are committed to the Lord and will repent and walk in obedience for the Lord, I think any marriage can be saved. I think forgiveness can extend in some ways, but that's when two people are submitting to the Lord. So if they're stopping you from being who God created you to be or doing what God created you to do, and then if what they're interacting, how they're interacting with you is destroying you. A difficult person might say you, you want to feed people God's given you, so you, you, you want to feed people spiritually, but let me just use this analogy. So you have a tray full of food. Mm -hmm. A difficult or a hurting person might come and clear off your entire tray. And you say, well, that's kind of rude, but okay, you know, that, that's mm -hmm. what they do. A toxic person will say, that's not enough. Cut off your arm. Let me know on that. Mm -hmm. and, and when somebody's destroying you for their pleasure, for their need, for their controlling, that's when we have to push back and say, no, we're, we're like lifeguards. One of the first things they teach lifeguards is self-defense mm -hmm. because drowning people will try to drown you. Yeah. And it's just a practical matter that if you allow yourself to be drowned, you can't help anybody. Mm -hmm. And I think the same thing is true for Christian ministry, that I can help people. I can be sacrificial in helping others. Mm -hmm. But if I'm letting them destroy me, undercut my confidence, so I don't think I have anything to share with anyone, destroying my peace so I can't pray, I can't be involved in healthy relationships, now it's become toxic. Mm -hmm. And in order to help others, I have to walk away from the person that's assaulting me. So the three things, and, and break up if I'm going too long, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I, I you're could fine. Do okay. No, um, you're good. The first thing is controlling. Uh, I was shocked going through this, how uncontrolling Jesus is, as evidenced by the fact that he let people walk away. Yeah. Even though he knew what was best for them. And if they would do what he said they should do, you'd think they would be better off. But Jesus didn't operate that way. Because the God of the Bible says, choose you this day whom you will serve. That's Joshua. Mm -hmm. Or Jesus in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. If you open up the door, I'll come in. But Jesus lets us choose. So if somebody's trying to control you, that's not God's method. That's not God's form of ministry. It wasn't Jesus's. And, and, and that becomes toxic. Mm -hmm. The second thing is a murderous spirit. God is a God of life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible begins with God creating. But he said, Satan has been a murderer from the beginning. He seeks to bring death. Now, it could be physical death in extreme cases, but I would just say, does this person bring death where they go? And by that, I mean the death of your peace, mm -hmm. the death of your joy, the death of your self-esteem. So I pushed, well, is it that serious to, to kill my joy? You know, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we have nothing left to give to anybody else if we yeah. let one person destroy our strength. And usually you, you can just see it in their life. They destroy churches by being divisive. Mm -hmm. They destroy office environments because again, a, a productive office environment is boring to them. Healthy relationships of encouragement, they're boring. They live to divide, to unsettle. They like chaos. So if you just see this murderous thing where they've destroyed relationships, families, office environments, churches, I mean, if I talk to somebody who's critiquing our church and I said, how many churches have you been to in the last five years? And they say six. I yeah. tell them all I need to know. Right. Yeah. There. Yep. And then, and then finally, um, uh, I talk about loving hate. Uh, Paul says in Colossians three that we put on, and this is what the kind of people should aspire to be compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience, and love. Those are good things. That's what healthy people do. That's how healthy Christians respond. But then he warns what we could call toxic people. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying. Mm -hmm. And when I'm dealing with a toxic person, I usually see that. They're twisting the truth to make mm -hmm. their case. They're slandering people. They have malice. 
We can say, I'm not to have malice toward anyone, even my enemies. Yeah. My enemies, I should want them to repent and receive salvation and live a life of love instead of hate. But I shouldn't want them to be destroyed for the sake of them being destroyed. Yeah. And, and rage doesn't accomplish God's purposes. So when I see those things, I, I know I'm dealing with someone that, that wants to hurt and bring down, and I shouldn't play their game. When Jesus launches the church on offense, Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God. I, I lived on that verse. In fact, my wife used to roll her eyes. She said, Gary, it's possible <laughs> to preach a sermon without quoting Matthew 6.33. But it's very hard for me. It's very hard for me. But here's what I didn't see. Just a few verses later, Matthew 7.6. So we're talking six or seven verses later. Jesus says, but don't throw what is holy to dogs. Don't throw your pearls mm -hmm. before swine or else I'll turn and tear you to pieces. So Jesus is saying, go on the offense, but then almost immediately, hey, but sometimes you got to play some defense because they're not all well-meaning people out there. There's not all mm -hmm. healthy people out there. There are toxic people out there that will try to destroy you and you shouldn't, you shouldn't play their game. You shouldn't mess yeah. with them. Well, and I think it's important to point out that it can be extra confusing within the church because people are claiming, I'm a Christian, I'm following God, and a lot of times they're using the Bible, they're using yes. faith language to do these things, to have control, to tear others down. It's, it's very difficult sometimes to be able to wade through that when it's coming from a Christian perspective. Yes. And that's the challenge, isn't it? Toxic people are better at being toxic than Christians are in dealing with them because they've been toxic their entire lives. Yeah. They played this game their whole, and for us, it might be the first couple of people we've, we've dealt with that way. And that's what you see in the book of Nehemiah when he couldn't get with threats, Nehemiah to do what he wanted, when he couldn't do it with flattery. He brings in Shemaiah, which is a religious name. Shemaiah had to be some religious figure back then names would have connotations mm -hmm. and so he said well and, and and that's what they'll do and and when they often will say and i hear this so often aren't christians supposed to forgive you're not how come you're not acting like a christian mm -hmm. somebody that has has been so toxic and destructive and evil and you're not act, let, let me give a real example uh a woman i i, I worked with her um and her family she had been certain her husband was having an affair he was a master at gaslighting he made her think mm -hmm. she was crazy there's something wrong with her her suspicions her jealousy she was just weak well evidence proved as people have heard so many times no she wasn't crazy she saw mm -hmm. it he was trying to make her crazy so he she finally says i'm not into sharing husbands he immediately mm -hmm. moves in with a woman that he said he had never been intimate with mm -hmm. um but you know there you go yeah and and i warned her because eventually eventually when men cheat on a woman who, who is breaking up a young family, mm -hmm. there's usually some selfishness in that woman that would go through with that, that, that would do that. And eventually the guy, when the infatuation dies down, is going to recognize, you know, this Christian wife I left had more character and joy and life in her. I mean, he got bored or whatever, and he's going to eventually realize, I, I'm, and I said, he's going to come back. She said, you're crazy. And then the call came. Hmm. And she said, because she was prepared, that's where she thought I was a mystic. It was nothing about revelation. It was <laughs> yeah. just experience. She said, well, the first step, I'm always open to reconciliation because they like to use religious words. She goes, but the first step, you've got to move out of Crystal's house. Mm. And he said, well, why would I leave Crystal if I don't know that you're going to take me back first? <laughs> In other words, it's, I just want to know if I can up my, if I can better my position. You yeah. know, this, this is real. I'm, yep. I'm kind of doing reconnaissance. I'm not convicted. Mm -hmm. I'm not repentant, but maybe I can do better than her by going back. And, and, and that's where it gets, where we have to be wise mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and recognize what's going on. And what he said to her was, well, aren't Christians supposed to forgive? You haven't forgiven me. And he's not doing that so that she'll act like a Christian. He's trying yeah. to use her faith to get her to do what he wants to do. It's an act of control which yes. is a toxic act. Now I have, if my wife challenges me with scripture, it's because she wants me to do what God wants me to do. But mm -hmm. I think it's particularly evil and toxic when someone tries to use my faith to control me, yeah. when they don't really follow the faith. They haven't 
follow the faith, but they will use whatever they can to get you to do what they want you to do, which usually benefits them. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just getting away that, that it's what they said to Nehemiah. It's what they said to Jesus. It's what they're going to say to us. And in the end, I go back to Nehemiah. Remember me in favor, my God. They don't think I'm acting like a Christian. What matters? God, do you think I'm acting like a Christian? Right, ladies, as you may remember, a few weeks ago, I discovered EverlyWell, the amazing at-home wellness test that helps you better understand your health. I received my EverlyWell at-home lab test and tested myself. Well, actually, my son tested me. You might remember if you saw on Instagram, Roman actually pricked my finger so that I could take the test. And then a few days ago, I actually received the results. Man, this was eye-opening. I took the food sensitivity test, and it was really interesting to see the things that I was highly sensitive to, moderately sensitive to, and then just a little bit sensitive to things that I wasn't expecting, like eggs. Eggs was a huge one for me. And wheat as a whole, not just gluten, but some other protein that was in wheat. And because of that, even though the results were a little disheartening because I love wheat and I love dairy, I do want to feel well. And Everly Well has given me a positive new outlook on my health. Finally, I have some information that I can use. Everly Well offers more than 30 different at-home lab tests from fertility to food sensitivity to thyroid and heart health. Each Everly Well test comes with super easy to follow instructions. Even my 13-year-old was able to help me. And every test is physician reviewed and the shipping is free. Your results come from certified labs and they are sent directly to your mobile device so you can easily view and share them with your healthcare provider. Your results are personalized and easy to understand so you know exactly what they mean for you. Everlywell gave me a lot of great tips on how I could be revising my diet to help myself feel better and I'm really looking forward to taking on some of those things and seeing what a difference it makes in how I'm feeling especially in this winter season. And I think it would be great for you guys to better understand your health like I did. So check out Everlywell today. For 15 percent off an Everlywell at-home lab test, visit everlywell.com slash lovely and enter the code lovely. That's everlywell.com slash lovely, code lovely for 15% off your test. Everlywell, at-home lab tests. Your answers, your way. Mackenzie, let me just say in here um, real quickly, this is why healthy relationships are so essential. Mm-hmm. I have four solid men. In fact, I dedicate the book to these four guys. Um, and they've, they've all been friends for a decade or more. Solid guys that I know will call me out if I'm going off the rails. And I want them to. And yeah. my wife knows if I am. She'll call them. And if they challenge me, I'll assume they're right. And yeah. that there's something I need to work through. Because I know I can be deceived. Any of us can be deceived. The heart is deceitful above all things. So when you have healthy relationships where you know these people will call you out, it's a little easier to walk away from the manipulative, toxic people. And so if somebody feels like they're in a toxic relationship and being gaslighted by a husband or in-laws or parents or something, that's when I say, this is why you need the church. Find somebody who is marked by compassion, kindness, gentleness, patience, and love. You know they're filled with the spirit. They love the scriptures, the kind of people who will speak the hard word to you and encouraging word to you because yes. toxic people are great at playing mind games. And there's just that security when, okay, you know what? I, I've talked with these guys that know me and love me and I have some, cause I, I just tend to be insecure. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's really helpful having that, that backdrop where, you know, if I am needing to be challenged, I can be challenged, but I'm going to consider the source. Yes, yes. I couldn't agree more with this. There's been a lot of people who have also reached out to me and said, like, how can I help a friend who's going through this? Or like, what do I say? Or what can I do? What can I practically you know, do to help her? And that has been one of the biggest things for me is this core group of women and my dad <laughs> um, who I know and trust they are grounded in their faith and they have enough love for me to help direct me, to help be counsel to me that I know that I 
wound up in this relationship when I was 19, you know, obviously didn't make good choices back then. And so to have that wherewithal to be like, I want counsel from now on. Like I, I don't want to make these mistakes again. I, I don't want to, you know, be blinded to things, especially, especially right after I left. And there was a lot of um, kind of things you've talked about of the trying to get me to come back, but in a manipulative way and only on his terms and being able to run those things through solid people who would be able to say, no, this still, this doesn't ring of truth. You know, this, if, if he was sincere, this is what it would look like. Because when you're too close to it, it's really difficult to see just how manipulative it is, especially if you've been living in it for a long time. And so having those people who can be that foundation for you, it might not be an entire church body who is backing you, but those, that inner circle of people who can be privy to what's actually going on and be there to support you, I think is so key. I I couldn't agree more. And then I would say, just be vertically based Mm -hmm. with your focus on God, because here's the thing. If I know I'm genuinely acting to please God, even if I'm wrong, God knows my heart mm-hmm. and he's going to say, you know what? I didn't agree with you, but I know you were trying to please me. So it's like what any parent would say, you know, yeah. I, mom, I really thought you wanted me to do that. And then you say, well, okay, I get it. I didn't want you to do that, but I, <laughs> I understand you were trying to please me. And that's, that's where I think we just, we have healthy relationships. We're focused on trying to please God. And, and for me, and I still struggle with this, it's just hard, but I realize I just can't let others' opinions direct mm-hmm. me. Jesus was yeah. so free to please his heavenly father above everyone. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's where freedom is found. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I want to, I want to circle back to a term that you've mentioned a few times throughout our conversation so far, because I only learned what it was about six months ago. And I have a lot of people that when I use the term, they're like, wait, what are you talking about? And that's gaslighting. Would you define a little bit more specifically what that is? And I also want to mention at this point in the conversation, like this isn't just about marriages, like what you're talking about is about any relationship that you could face in a church, in a family, in a workplace, like this can happen in so many different arenas. And so I think it can apply to anybody <laughs> because we're, we're probably going to run into a toxic person, whether or not it's our spouse at some point in our life. Yes. Gaslighting is what somebody who is guilty does to defend themselves by making you feel crazy for stating what is obviously true. Mm-hmm. you see something, you have more than suspicions even, you just, you just know, and they make you feel like there's something wrong with you for pointing it out, that you're yeah. crazy, you're insecure, you're jealous, you're, you know, and, it was your and, and, fault. That's, and, and it's murdering your sanity, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I have, um, for instance, when a guy and a, and a wife, th- th- this will come up some, when he mm-hmm. doesn't want his wife to look at his phone, mm. I'll just, I, I won't share his password. I'll just ask a guy, tell me one good reason, just, just one, why you don't want your wife to see your phone. Mm-hmm. You're married to her. What, 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 what's a good reason? Because usually he's been looking at something on the internet. There's text messages or something. I, I, McKinsey, I've never had a guy give me a good reason. Sometimes yeah. they might, well, I, I might spoil a birthday gift or something. I said, you know what? It's fine. That's on her then, right? She yeah. finds out a birthday present. I think most wives are okay with that, but it, that's never really the reason. And, and so guys will try to say that. And, and I'm just saying, you know, you're, you're choosing not, not to be married. I, I don't, I can't think of any reason why a guy would um, not want his wife to be able to have his passwords or, or see his phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and another husband I worked with, they, this is back before phone, iPhones, but he had a P.O. box his wife didn't know about. Huh. And again, and, and he was acting like there was nothing wrong. I said, just, just give me one good reason why a husband would have a P.O. box that his wife doesn't know about. Yeah. That she discovers. And, and then, you know, they'll, they'll make the wife feel crazy for suspicious. But I'm just like, okay, if you can't give me a good reason, yeah. my assumption is, there isn't one. And so there's bad reason. And so gaslighters, they just, 
they can be, um, they, they make you feel like you're going crazy, which is a murderous thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, here's, here's how you know whether a person can, can change. I have a chapter, the chapter on control, in fact, talks about a very controlling husband. Mm-hmm. And his wife was at the end. In fact, she had even gotten papers of divorce. She hadn't served him yet, but she was right because she was going crazy. And yeah. we don't have time to go into it. People can read the book, but yeah. anybody would say she was suffocated over control yeah. issues. And she, she just laid it out. And he was silent. And I turned to him after she was done. And I asked him what was, and he said, everything she told you is true. <laughs> and in my I didn't say this because I wasn't sure it would be proven, but I thought this marriage might yet be saved Mm -hmm. because you had a husband who was humble and repentant and living by the truth. If he was trying to explain away every one of these, that it wasn't really controlling, I would really be concerned. He was not gaslighting. He said, I feel terrible. I don't want to lose her. I know she's right. I've struggled with this. I want to change. And the marriage is really strong today. I mean, the wife is just, I mean, it's, you see the change in her life. You see, and this is years. I've, it's yeah. been proven over the years. So, um, so with humility and honesty, toxic behavior can be left behind because that's not a toxic person. It's a person yeah. who's acting in a toxic way. And there's a difference. Yeah. When somebody gets into gaslighting, denying the truth and lying, and then being so evil as to make you feel like you're crazy for pointing out the truth. Okay, mm-hmm. now you're dealing with a truly toxic individual because, well, one, they're lying and, and you can't help anybody who's lying. Two, they're destroying your sanity, which is an evil thing to do. And, and how, how can you live with someone that's destroying your sanity? Because if they destroy your sanity, how do you raise your kids? How do you serve yeah. your God? How do you relate to friends? I mean, it, it yeah. undercuts your confidence, your joy, your peace, everything that you know to be true. I, I just don't think we realize how evil gaslighting is it kind of sounds like a popular psychological term but it's it's not it's demonic ladies tis the season to elect benefits through your or your spouse's workplace most people know open enrollment as decision time for health care coverage but it's also the perfect moment to reassess your life insurance needs to properly provide for their families most people need 10 times the life insurance coverage than they get through their jobs which means that many employers life insurance is leaving their employees underinsured that's where policy genius can help you guys, I have checked out the Policy Genius website, and it is the easy way to shop for a life insurance plan that's not tied to your job. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape, and the life insurance you buy through Policy Genius stays with you even if you or your spouse leave your job. And Policy Genius doesn't just make it easy to get life insurance, they can also help you find the right home and auto insurance and disability insurance too. It's a super sleek website. It's just a great place to be able to get more information and see how you can make sure that you are covered in the ways that you need to be. So when you're looking at your or your spouse's workplace benefits this month, make sure to double check your life insurance options. Then go to policygenius.com to get quotes and apply in minutes. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. It is and it is overwhelming to be under, especially if the person is telling you how rational they are. And it's, it, yeah, it's really hard to explain how destructive it is as a person to, to be under that. I think it's so important <laughs> to be aware of what it is. But that brings me to another issue that you, you talk about in the book, if, if it is to that point where there needs to be a leaving happens from a toxic spouse specifically, um, getting like a counselor, people involved to take care of the safety issues. Would you talk about why that's so important? Yes. If you think there's even the possibility of a violent reaction, um, I would not recommend couples counseling. I would Mm -hmm. recommend an individual counselor with somebody who is trained to help you face that situation. Because if, um, if they're very controlling and potentially violent, if you even mention them losing the opportunity to control you or to mm-hmm. terrorize you, it can escalate uh, a negative and violent response. 
So the, the first question is safety. And, and I mentioned this in the book. People deal with the theology of divorce and nobody gets married when you think about the divorce, particularly if they're Christian. And my thought is, yeah. that's not the question right now. Forget that. Your first question is safety. How mm-hmm. can you be safe? How can your kids be safe? You can deal with all that later. But God wants you to be said, God does not want you to be destroyed. He's a God of life to steal, to kill and destroy is what Satan does. And if he tries to use other guilt or lectures to keep you in a place where you're being killed and possibly destroyed, God's not behind that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that's not something to do alone. In fact, when I've worked with one woman where she had to flee a marriage like that, we made it clear. She didn't tell me where she was going. Mm. I didn't want to know because I didn't yeah. want to husband to come into a church office with a gun blazing and you know and so she worked with a counselor who helped her plan it had it all going and and helped her deal with the I mean it's terrifying the ordeal of how this is launched again I just boy I just wish church leaders and friends would have empathy how horrendous this must be yeah you're sharing a house a bedroom uh, a, a master bathroom with somebody that you are no, you have to leave because it may not be safe. Yeah. And, and to suggest that women are doing that lightly. <laughs> yes. That's taking the easy way out. Yes. Is, that's yeah. gaslighting. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, that, um, that's exactly what has happened to me. I mean, I literally had to flee. I had to make a plan over a number of days. And after my husband left for work, gather up whatever we could grab, leave, and have never set foot back on the property. And even though he hadn't hit me, he hadn't, I always said he was too controlled to hit me because that would have given me a reason to leave. And then he would have lost control. And even when he figured out at the end of that day that I was gone, he, you know, when he was calling me and ranting and raving, he said, why didn't you tell me you were going to leave? And I said, if I would have told you, you would have never let me leave. And he said, that's exactly right. I would have never let you leave. I was like, well, there you go. That's why I didn't tell you. But see, those words alone, Mackenzie, anybody, if they're in a healthy, objective situation, it's chilling. Mm -hmm. I've been married for 35 years. I can't imagine a scenario when I want my wife to be afraid of me. Yeah. That I'm saying I would never let her do this i mean i i just it, it yeah. it's chilling to me and and that and that tells you what's going on right there yeah well and then to have it twisted just exactly like you were saying that oh she just left because she wanted to pursue her career and just didn't want to be married anymore and like and that's why she took her four kids with her and you know like it's yeah it's crazy crazy making and and you can't care about what people say other than to the extent I think of like wanting to protect your kids and you know keep them from being gaslighted because it's really hard to see that happening as well and, and let me give an encouragement to uh any other women that have been in your situation with kids kids grow up yeah and there might be a few years where the kids don't understand what's going on and you may feel like what are they going to think of me I did this to our family or whatnot Character usually outs itself. And I can't say with 100% accuracy. I can say most of the time, kids grow up and figure out what was going on. And I've seen more kids be grateful for their parent making a courageous choice. Yeah. Rather than, I've seen some be angry Mm -hmm. that perhaps their parent didn't act sooner. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a lot of what pushed me to go was was knowing that they needed to see a different example of what a healthy relationship looked like and, and the fear they were having in their own life. And more than anything for me, the fear that I have for them is that I can't protect them when they're with him, that they're experiencing those same things that I experienced. Yeah. And that's, that's the hard part, but it's still, I, it was still worth it to at least most of the time get us out of that situation which i hope i don't i don't know how do you have a lot of single listeners at all um i think that i have more moms more women facing this than one would expect okay well I, i'm just saying for for the oh, singles that are listening yeah. that haven't made a marriage probably not a ton yet, but some or who have friends that's why i would go to colossians 3 11 to 12 and say this is what you're looking for somebody with mm. compassion kindness 
gentleness, mm-hmm. patience, and love. Yes. And, and if you're marrying somebody who doesn't forgive, who isn't kind, who isn't patient, who isn't gentle, if mm-hmm. you see instead what Paul says to take off anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lying, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I would run. And in, in, yeah. in the instance of lying, I mean, this is, they, they see one is, well, it was just one time. I'm like, well, honest people don't ever lie. Yes. I mean, but yeah. truth matters so much. And that, that's what, if you don't lie, you can't ever gaslight someone. Yeah. If you, yeah. if you're compassionate and kind, you're never going to try to control someone. And, and so just, just look at what the Bible says someone as a healthy Christian should be and insist on that more yeah. than feelings, more than sexual attraction, more than sexual chemistry. Yeah. Um, look for those issues that I, I, I just, I've often said, because I've written for singles and married people, if only I could get single women to care about a boyfriend's character as much as married women care about their husband's character. Yeah. Because it's reverse, right? Yeah. If, if, yeah. if they would put that much focus on character before they got married, um, there would be fewer struggles. After. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a, a good note to, to change gears on. I just so appreciate your perspective on this and, and bringing it to this platform and having a resource that people can really go to and look at the biblical perspective on. I'm just so grateful that you wrote this book. Well, thank you. Thank you yeah. for letting me talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so totally shifting gears to our, our wrap-up. What does a typical day look like for you, Gary? It starts early. When I wake up, to be honest, the first number is usually a four, uh, and oh, that's wow. without an alarm. It just sometimes wow. between four and five, I'm usually up. Uh, I love to spend the first things I'll do. I get a cup of tea together. I make a chai latte. And then uh, go up to my office and I'm spending some time reading from scripture and then from one of the Christian classics, mm. usually a contemporary book and praying. And then I go into work um, and then my wife will be up uh, usually within a couple hours after that. Uh, we'll talk a little bit. I usually will do a morning run mm-hmm. and then shower and then I have a second morning. That's when work starts over again. Uh, okay. And so that's when I'm not traveling, that's, that's pretty much my day. And I really like it that Mm -hmm. way now because i get up so early i'm not much of an evening person at all (laughs) i can't imagine uh, you could be (laughs) um which i i i feel for my wife on that because after nine o'clock i'm pretty much dead to the world yeah but (laughs) i bet um, that sounds like a good a good way to go about your day though i bet you're very productive (laughs) okay so what is one little way that you are currently cultivating loveliness in your life well I am a big fan of, I mean, if you just want to be practical, essential oil diffusers. Okay. Uh, I, I, I just love, I can't use candles in my church office because they're worried about fire hazards. Oh, so yeah. my wife got me these essential oils that are supposed, and I have to let her pick, she's a very healthy <laughs> person, organic, you know, alternative yeah. medicine kind of person. So she picks them out because I guess some aren't as healthy as others. So yeah. she does that. But I'm, I'm really into smells and it just brings joy to me when I walk into a room and it nice. smells good. Which is the hardest thing for me traveling yeah. when you're with people that don't value yeah. <laughs> or you walk into hotel rooms that aren't so. You need to bring a portable diffuser with you when you go travel. <laughs> Probably. For sure. Okay. Well, that's kind of funny because I'm going to start with my stock questions. And my first question is actually candles or essential oil diffuser. Uh, both. You know, at home I'll do candles, but okay. probably if I got to choose, I'll go essential oil diffuser. All right. And do you prefer cloth napkins or paper? Cloth. Okay. City or country? Oh, probably city. Okay. I mean, that sounds terrible to some, but yeah, I don't think Lisa and I would want to be in a farm that doesn't have anybody within two miles of us. We're, yeah. we're more go do restaurant things. Okay. Sounds good. Um, do you prefer paper or digital? For reading? Oh man, it depends. I mean, I really do both. Okay. I mean, I, in the morning I'm usually reading off paper, but boy, some with digital when I'm traveling, I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of Kindle books. So yes, I do too. both. Okay. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in a store? Well, 
I mean, I have to check the premise of whether I want to shop at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you if know you what, had to. In a store. Yeah, if I'm forced to, I, in a store, I mean, I'd want to try things on. I like to scan through a book a little bit. So, okay. um, all right. yeah, so in a store. Okay, it's four o'clock or whatever time you're kind of needing a mental break during the day. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Podcast. And what are some of your favorite podcasts? Well, uh, I like sports podcasts. Um, okay. So some on ESPN or whatnot. For politics, I like The Five. Okay. Uh, men and women together and they have different things. And so I'll, we'll listen to those. I do have sermons I listen to, or um, Farnham has, I think he calls it brain food. Okay. The, some, some fascinating ones just on personal development and intellectual development that you do. And then I, I have some that people will send me, uh, sometimes a, a Joe Rogan one, his, his language can be pretty rough, yeah, but yeah. if there's somebody I really want to hear from, uh, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go there. So I'm, I'm more of a... Uh, I, I hop around a lot on okay. those things and, and, and tend to be more what's topical at the time. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, do you prefer milk or dark chocolate? Milk. All right. Sports or no sports? Sports. All right. Live broadcasting, would you rather broadcast or watch? <clears throat> you mean like being on the camera? Yeah, like... Um, Instagram story or Facebook live, would you rather watch somebody else doing it or would you rather be the one broadcasting? I, I suppose be the one. I do it a lot, but okay. But I like to watch too. Can, yeah. I, can I do both on that one? Sure. <laughs> it depends. What is your favorite movie? Oh, you know, lately I think I really like About Time. Ooh. It's a very sentimental one about a guy who's able to go back and then a son who was able to go back. Oh, um, I think I've, is it with Rachel McAdams? Yes. That's on my list. And she I does a fabulous it. job. And just as a dad, it's a passage of time. And there's this really moving scene at the end that just rips me up. Oh. So I will try to watch it um, about once a year. It, it just really is about how you wring the most out of life. Okay. Uh, so. Yeah, that's a good that one. That sounds good. I'm going to have to move it up on my list. Okay. And if you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, where zero is totally not crunchy, but 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with dreadlocks in your hair, where would you be on the spectrum? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably a one or a two. Okay. Your wife makes up for it, though. <laughs> Do it yeah, she, she's the extrovert. In fact, it was funny. I was speaking at a Focus on the Family Chapel one time, and, and Lisa Anderson, who heads up Boundless, um, she, she's wonderful, and she had asked Lisa some questions ahead of time, and she asked Lisa, what do you like Gary most to wear? And Lisa, well, I don't like it that he always wears blue, and Lisa pointed at me, and I had on blue jeans, a blue blazer, and a blue shirt. I mean, it, <laughs> totally unplanned and, and hilarious. So I'm, I'm pretty predictable. And uh, my wife is very much, uh, yeah, the organic kind yeah. of person. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Gary. I really appreciate you coming on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. Yes. Have a good day. All right. Goodbye. That's it for this week's episode. If you would like links to any of the things that Gary and I talked about, you can go to boldturquoise.com slash 141. And that is where you can find all the information. And hey, if you use any of those links that link to Amazon and you buy anything on Amazon, anything you just happen to need, I mean, if you need toilet paper and you buy it through one of those links, it will still give a kickback to Cultivating the Lovely, which is so helpful to us and we so appreciate so all you have to do is use any link that we have to Amazon and then buy whatever you want. And it doesn't cost you any more money, but it sends us a little bit of a commission and I'm really appreciative. And if you're going to be doing anything to want to maybe be supporting Cultivating the Lovely, a really simple and free thing that you can do is leave a rating and review in iTunes. I know it sounds silly and I talk about it all the time, but it really does make a big difference. 
it kind of lets the alert bells at iTunes know that, hey, people are listening to Cultivating the Lovely. They're enjoying it. It's a worthwhile podcast, so let's recommend it to other people. So that is one of the main ways that new people find out about the show. Another thing you could do is just tell your friends about it. Be my marketing team because I don't have one. So tell your friends. Share about it on social media. If you have a particular episode that really resonates with you, share it with people. Tell them about it. It's a big way that you can be supporting the podcast but not having to financially do anything to make a difference, but it really does. Another thing that you can do is just visit our sponsors. Go and see what we have on those ads. Go actually look at their websites. Even showing them that those ads are getting attention from my listeners makes a huge difference. So if you would just give our sponsors a visit, see if those products might be things that you would be interested in, it would really make a big difference to the whole support of the show. So there's just a few ways that you can support Cultivating the Lovely. Of course, I always appreciate your prayers and the way that you've all reached out to me and emotional support on Instagram and other ways. It is not taken lightly. I really take all of those things to heart and I am so thankful for each and every one of you who listens to the show and has been a consistent supporter of it. So thank you so much to all of you and until next week, go be bold and gracious. Mm-hmm.